Yo, yo. And the eclectic perspectives of Mr. Blue. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right, man. I can't complain. So I can because this Trumpageddon thing has got my brain fried like them old drug war commercials that the Reagan administration put out. These are your brains on drugs. (laughs) I feel like I need to be on drugs. He wants to fight the drug. He wants to launch an attack on the drug wars like the Reagan years. Yeah, he doesn't understand that it's his agenda, his administration, which is causing numerous stressors, which cause people to want to do drugs to escape. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Sessions trying to jam people up, you know, trying to even even states that legalize marijuana, he's trying to roll roll that back. But, you know. Well, good luck on that. Virginia just passed medicinal. North Carolina's considering medicinal. We're going to have it before you know it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then what's Jeff going to do? <laughs> Jeff's going to get his ass off the damn. He's going to get his ass off because I know some things about Jeff that if it leaked, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and leak it. Um, He's not going to be in that position very much longer. I know some things about Jeff. Jeff's one of them good old boys that has deep, deep clan affiliations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you figure, as they say, he was too racist to be a judge, a federal judge in the 80s. But mm-hmm. only Trump could he become attorney general now. <laughs> so. I know that's crazy. Only in America and not America, A-M-E-R-I-C-A, America with the triple K. Yeah, exactly. So, um. You know that this has to be some kind of matrix glitch for this to have happened because this could not have happened in a regular society, America, universe. This is a, this is the most glitchiest side of the matrix we've ever seen. Who was it? Who did it? Who made the matrix series? The Weinstein brothers? Supposedly. <laughs> right. So they they were they, they were light years ahead of their time. And that um that freaky ugly motherfucker, oh boy, he was he was, yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I look at it like this. Well, before we start, you know, uh, I am uh, a Merce, you know, uh, and this is uh, Mr. Blue uh, from the Urban Breakdown. He is our uh, producer slash showrunner and all around great guy. <laughs> and and oh, he's going to be with me. <laughs> he's going to be with me on my first uh, anchor podcast. You know, we, we do uh, we do politics here and, uh, you know, we do a lot of things on the Urban Breakdown, but uh, I pretty much lead the uh, the politics side of it. So this podcast is pretty much going to be uh, I'm a big uh, rock fan, you know, which I guess is striking because I'm African-American. But I follow a group called uh, Living Color Been with them since like the 80s. And they had an EP called Biscuits. And Biscuits was basically the EP of all the stuff that didn't make it onto the album, but was still good enough to put out, you know, as something. So this podcast is pretty much going to be uh, the pantry, the Biscuits for uh, for the main show, for Politrix. So basically the stuff that doesn't make it onto Politrix, I'll probably just do as podcast here. And Mr. Blue is helping me out. Uh, with my first podcast. We're going to keep this one kind of short, you know. But 
just get the walls like, get a feel for it. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one thing we were going to talk about, and uh, I decided to hold off on it because I have to pull more information on it because I just found out about it maybe 45 minutes ago, was Jared Kushner losing his security clearance. Now, this may be a temporary thing, you know, because basically Trump could just give it to him, but he's not. And that's what I get, that's what kind of gave me pause on talking about it. I got to find out why. Trump is hesitant to give Jared Kushner the security clearance. You know, it was because Rob Porter dropped the ball. Rob Porter was the original. Uh, was it like the? He wasn't chief of staff. That's uh, General Kelly's position. But Porter, of course, got ousted. Well, he he had to resign because two of his ex-wives came out and said that they. Uh, they beat him, <laughs> that he beat them, even though now Rob Porter is dating Hope Hicks, who's the White House communications director. So it's, it's like a big reality show over there. But I figure before I dive into this, I need to get more information because it would have been cut and dried because basically it wasn't just Christian that lost his clearance. It was a whole bunch of White House aides, but uh, they had he had interim clearance. So the fact of the matter is, uh, why is it taking so long to get these guys their clearance, their permanent clearance? And Kushner is reading top-level secrets. Secrets that, like, if me and Mr. Blue read them, we'd probably either be in Guantanamo Bay or uh, they would have faked our suicides. And yet, he gets to read them every day on, a, on an interim uh, clearance. So, I'll find out more about that and uh, we'll talk more about that later because the whole thing about Trump trying to put the uh, the task of granting the clearance to General Kelly, to his chief of staff, that seems fishy to me. So we'll, we'll talk about that at a time. But on the, what I want to talk about today, something that didn't make it on to, to yesterday's show, was uh, Dianne Feinstein. And if I, we're not going to edit this. <laughs> so if I call Dianne Feinstein Nancy Pelosi by accident, you know who I'm talking about. But Something, uh, well, I think it's wonderful, happened. So Dianne Feinstein is going to run for, uh, for re-election, right? In, of course, in California. But she did not win their nomination. Now, uh, to get the nomination, right, she would have needed 60% of the vote from the rest of the uh, California Democrats, in order to get the uh, the delegates, I should say, right? She didn't even get, uh, she only got 37% of the delegates. So Dianne Feinstein's opponent, who is uh, Kevin DeLeon, if I'm pronouncing his name right, which I'm probably not, uh, he is running against, uh, he's trying to primary Dianne Feinstein. He got 54% of the delegates. She only got 37%. Diane Feinstein has been doing this for, I mean, she's been in politics forever. But, I mean, this is, she's looking for her fifth term. So she's been in the Congress for 25 years. So to me, this is a big thing. Now, the outcome is just going to be the same. Because the latest, well, I'm not going to say the latest. The last polls that came out for this primary race Diane Feinstein was up like uh, she was up by like 30 points, like 30 percentage points. All right. So we're talking like uh, 
37 to 17 or something. No, I'm sorry. Uh, 46% to 17%. And this guy only has maybe a few hundred grand in his war chest. Diane Feinstein has 10, $10 million in her war chest for just for this election. He's only got like a couple hundred grand. But stranger things have happened. You figure between Hillary and Bernie, right? I knew who Bernie Sanders was because I watched C-SPAN every now and then. And Bernie Sanders is on there, you know, doing this thing. And I was like, I like this guy. I really do. So when he started to run, I knew who he was. And I was instantly on board. Because when I heard it was just Hillary, I was like, oh, oh. You know, if. No, no, you're good. I was just saying, put it like this. The feeling that I get when I eat Papa John's pizza, that's the the feeling that I I got when I heard Hillary was going to run almost on a pose. Oh, man. That's an awful feeling, bro. That that pizza is the shit. I know. That pizza is... Papa John's pizza is the pizza that you eat when every place else is closed. So if you don't live in a a, a college where wing places are open until two o'clock and Domino's people are going home and Papa John's is still open. And you're just kind of like, I don't want to cook anything. That's a piece of that you eat. Right. You know, but that's how that made me feel. And I heard Bernie was going to run and I was on board, but you figure Bernie closed a 60 point lead on Hillary because the more Hillary talked the less people liked her. And the more Bernie talked, the more people liked him. So keep in mind, it's still what? Uh, what, seven, eight months until the election? Mm-hmm. So anything can happen. And the fact that he didn't get the endorsement, or I should say Diane Feinstein didn't get the endorsement, that's huge because that means it's a big, it's starting to become a big shift in the Democratic Party in California, you know, and maybe I don't I can't speak for Democrats in other states, but California is the biggest Democratic state next to New York. Right. If California goes progressive. That could have huge ramifications for the country because they go progressive and they start to really show people how it's done. Uh, it could be a big movement. It could cause a big shift in Democrats across the country. I mean, uh, the Democrat, I mean, I'm a former Democrat. Blue, are you still a Democrat or are you independent? You know, I, I wanted to be independent, but remember my district made me switch to either Republican or Democrat for the vote. So in my heart, I'm independent. I'm going to go, try to go independent again because I feel like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to lean too far to any side. I want to be who I am and make the choice I want to make. And it may be four Republicans and maybe five Democrats and maybe one independent and maybe a libertarian or something like that. It may be a Nazi. I mean, you know, whoever's going to make the best move for what I believe the direction the country needs to go in. Because mm-hmm. unlike some people who say I don't want to throw away a vote, I don't have a problem throwing away a vote because I vote on my ideology. Yeah. And Voting on ideology is good if you have a good ideology. <laughs> like if you have an ideology about being positive, helping people, you know, then your ideology. But if your ideology is uh, 
that whole uh, pull yourself by your bootstraps horseshit that a lot of conservatives talk about. And, you know, welfare is horrible unless I need it, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. Then that's not a good ideology. So, I mean, I, I always say if you have ideology versus reality, reality wins every time, you know, but if you have a good ideology that helps other people, Hey, I'm all for that. I'm not going to knock it. Yeah. But you figure, uh, uh, I don't remember. Oh, I actually, I do know what happened in New York. In New York, there is a subsection of Democrats who are basically gumming up the work in New York in order to get, and they're stopping a lot of progressive measures from going through. In California, you basically, uh, they should have been working on single payer for California and their speaker of the house. And uh, I, I apologize. I didn't, I, I didn't think I was going to be talking about him. I didn't get his name again. The California speaker of the house is a Democrat. He basically blocked a measure to put single payer uh, to a vote. Cause he knew if it went to a vote, California is, democratic they it would have won and then they would have sort of make you know making the plans to have single-payer health care in california now california has first thing people say is well it costs a tremendous amount of money to start single-payer yeah it does you know but california is the sixth largest economy in the world not in this country in the world so it's not a matter of do they have the money? It's a matter of just, you know, putting everything in place, you know, and making sure that it's not too much of a burden on the taxpayers. But it could be done in California. And if it's done in California and people start to see, oh, my God, California has single payer health care and uh, it's working. Then what's to stop the rest of the country from going single payer and then having it done on a federal right. level? You know, and like Bernie Sanders said, we don't need to start from scratch. We already have Medicaid and Medicare. Just expand Medicaid and Medicare. You know, it's not that difficult. But the problem is everything is profit based. Diane Feinstein is a dinosaur. And I'm not talking about her age. She's 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 85 years old. Okay. (laughs) Well, Yes and no. Like Bernie Sanders is uh, what mid seventies right now. Ninety. Either early to mid seventies, right? So a lot of people say that Bernie Sanders is too old to be president. Donald Trump was seventy when he was president, and he was the oldest president to be sworn in. Seventy-two, right? Like Reagan. Uh, I don't know if he. I think he turned seventy-one this year. No, no, no. You're right. He turned 72 this year. We're in 2018 now. He turned 72 this year. You're right. So, he um, lives remarkably well to be 72, I think. Who, Donald yeah, Trump? Yeah, yeah. It's because they, they, they glazed him like, like a ham. I, I <laughs> so, that <laughs> <laughs> He's like a glazed ham. He's just all preserved and whatnot. So, <laughs> but you figure. Uh, I'm not an ageist, but with Dianne Feinstein, it's not her age that I'm worried about. She could be 105. She could do the job, let her do the job. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is 247 years old. I don't want her to retire ever. You know? Oh, man, she's but, a vampire. 
<laughs> but um, my thing is this. It's not her age that makes me give those tar pit references. It's her ideals. Okay. Number one, she's against single payer health care. That right there is the wooden stake in the heart of any support you'll have from progressives is if you're against single payer health care, because right now for progressives. So, and I would say in no particular order, minimum wage, student loans, single payer health care. Yeah. I'll put it like this. I'm, I'm diabetic, right? And I have this thing in my arm uh, called a Libre. So it's a little white disc and it's, you know, have a little delivery system. They jab into my arm. And this way, instead of me having to uh, prick my finger a few times a day and draw blood, right? I have a little scanner and I scan it and it just tells me my blood sugar. So I... Because I hate needles, I'm um, I'm not good with needles, mm-hmm. you know. Even though I I take a little bit of insulin and I have to deal with needles then, but you know, but uh, the insulin is only once a day, mm-hmm. you know. Now, basically, this is a, a godsend for uh, for me, someone who doesn't like needles. And if you're somebody who's elderly or somebody who may be prone to forgetting to take your uh take your blood sugar or if you have to take it in the pinch or if you're like say if you're on a job or if you're someplace where you don't want to have to you know sit down at a desk and get your reader and do all that other stuff you just take your little scanner beep and it's done right but here's my thing the reader itself is a hundred dollars right a hundred dollars for the reader Right. With my insurance, it cost me like uh, 60 bucks. $60. No, no, no. I, I take that back. It was uh, with my insurance. It was 40 bucks yeah, for the reader. Right. Yeah. Well, it was 60 bucks because and each one of these little discs last me 10 days. So the discs are 20 bucks a piece. Right. What? Now. Put it like this. If I were to buy, uh, so three discs is uh, 60 bucks on my insurance. If I were to buy the lancets and the, the strips and everything like that, it would cost me about 60 bucks a month anyway. So it's the same. So what's the, what, what, what are you saving? What are you doing? I don't understand. Yeah, so so it's pretty, it's pretty much the same difference. But the thing is, without insurance, I wouldn't be able to afford it. It, it would just be cost prohibitive to have something like that, right? So you figure, and this is just preventative maintenance mm-hmm. for me to keep me from going from a type two diabetic to a type one, which would mean I would have to have whoa, whoa, insulin, whoa, whoa. which is insane. No, you don't transition to type one diabetes. You're always going to be type two until you don't be type two. You don't go to type one. Type one means you were born with it. Well, I'll put it like this. Then, then, I, then I said it wrong. I don't want to be insulin dependent. There you go. There you go. Nobody wants that for you. <laughs> I drink insulin yeah. by the gap. No, I'm just joking. Insulin, hey, one time I did, one time I know somebody who died from an insulin overdose because they injected themselves and they wasn't supposed to have it. They weren't diabetic. Now, that's some, that's a bad way to go out, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> a bad way to go Absolutely. Yeah. But um, insurance is a big deal for uh, 
pretty much for the country, but it really seems like progressives are the ones who are trying to really champion this, right? Of course, raising the minimum wage, you know? Uh, I could talk all day about New York, and, you know, they finally got their minimum wage raised to uh, 15 bucks an hour. Man, they made more money you know, it's going to <laughs> yeah, be, be a gradual raise, of course, you know? Uh, I think Seattle's already done it. And there are other places that are trying to raise their minimum wage because it's a bad segue. I know, but I just need to know. So let's see. I know people with master levels that make mm, $15 an hour. So does that mean the master level people, they pay go up or something? Or you can just be a GED dropout and get $15 and make more than a person who's paying back, I don't know, $50,000 in student loans. You dig what I'm saying? I dig what you said, and, and that's the complicated part, because there was a, a, a article about a company where they just raised everybody's minimum wage, but now the people who were already making that money were like, well, how this bitch going to make the same amount as me? I'm smarter than her. I've been here longer. Okay, they didn't say it like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, the eloquence said it like that. <laughs> yeah. General just was there. So instead of making people happy, it made other people unhappy because they were like, well, I've been here for 10 years. And now this person who's been here for two years makes the same amount of money as I do. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, it's got to kind of... I mean, I know with certain companies, it's going to scale up. Like with my company, they raise their minimum wage, but now they have to work on, okay, all these people who've been here, we got to scale them up. You know? So it's, it's a process. You know, which is why they often don't go just, you know, raise the minimum wage just like that. I mean, if it's scaling with inflation, that's one thing. That's like with Australia. Like their minimum wage is high because years ago they decided to let it scale with inflation. So when inflation goes up, the minimum wage goes up to match it. Oh, okay. We didn't have that inflation protection because if we did, minimum wage would be like 20 bucks an hour. If we did that 30 years ago, you know, but to my point, uh, the quick point is that Diane Feinstein is not championing progressive ideals. Okay, She's she's just not. She's a she's a she's a hawkish centrist, as she's been described. Right. And. Being a centrist worked when Bill Clinton was in office. That was my favorite part <laughs> when I was a kid. Silverhawks. What you know about that? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, I never watched Silverhawks. Never. Yeah, I had all the not I had one all of toys and everything. Hell yeah. I love the, the, the what you call the hawkatrices. Yeah, that word. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched Silverhawks. I don't know why. Because it seemed like a cool show, but I was more into like uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe and Pirates of Darkwater, and of course uh, Thundercats. Well, I don't even know what Pirates of Darkwater is, but yeah, the other ones, yeah, I, got, I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah, Pirates of Darkwater, I forgot what channel used to come on, but not a lot of people know about that, but it was actually a really good show. So, but uh, like I said, she's not really championing, uh, talk about Diane Feinstein, not really championing progressive ideals. And California is kind of putting her on notice, you know, that even if she wins this election, which she is going to win, unless a miracle happens, uh, well, what she's she not going to get a lot of... What do I need to do to make that not happen? 
Well, first of all, <laughs> we got to move to California. That'll be a start because we, okay. we can't vote. I still got, election. I still got legal residence in California. What else? Oh, uh, actually, I don't know if there's much that we could really do. Except to, except to try and spread the word. And I think that word's already being spread. Just the fact that he didn't get the nomination, mm-hmm. get the, uh, the endorsement, that's huge. You know, okay. because it's, it's starting to become a positive trend that the progressives in the party are starting to rise up and they're starting to say, hey, we're not going to go for this whole business as usual politics anymore because right. it's not working for us. My thing is this, right? If you have, uh, let's just say through some miracle, I know I'm being pessimistic, through some miracle that the Democrats take the House and the Senate. I know, I know. <laughs> but let's just say this a miracle that they do, right? The house and they half-ass it. Come next election, they're just going to get voted out. But if they come in with progressive ideals and they start to push those progressive ideals, they can hold the house in the Senate for a generation. I know I'm being they could really hold on to that House and Senate mm-hmm. if they start pushing progressive ideals and push them through the right way. But I think that Dianne Feinstein not getting nomination, I think that's a good omen. You know? Because I, I look at it like this, Blue. When they have the uh, polls of the NRA, uh-huh. right? And you see that they're, uh, they always say, you know, 90% of gun owners want background checks and stuff like that, right? right. And then 87% of Republicans want the same thing. That's great. If they really wanted that, why are they voting for the same politicians over and over? Right. Keep on towing the NRA line. You know? So you could, you could, Click on the polls all you want to. In the end, it's who are you voting for? Right. No. So I'm going to keep a close eye on this on this race in California, and and I want to see what's going on, and I, I want to see uh, if this guy can close that gap because he's got that thirty point gap. But we'll see what he does. You know, I'm curious to see how it works out. But a lot of incumbent. Uh, Democrats, like the centrists, they're facing a lot of primary challenges from uh, from progressives. Joe Manchin out in West Virginia, you know. So we'll, we'll I'm keeping an eye on these races, and we'll see what's what. But it's it's going to be an interesting year, politics wise. So, all right, that's all I had. But before I go, Blue, uh, did you have any uh, any parting words? Vote. Don't forget to vote. Tell somebody who isn't voting to vote. And don't throw away your vote. Because if you do, your ass gets smoked. Pow, pow, pow! (laughs) So, but, all right. uh, That's it for now. And uh, I don't know, there's not going to be a set date or set day, I should say, when I'm going to be doing the show. Definitely after uh, 
after the main show, Politics, on the uh, Urban Breakdown Network. And in blue, where can people find our podcasts? The Urban Breakdown? Yeah. Oh, the Urban Breakdown can be found on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, um, Spreacher, YouTube. I mean, everywhere, really. Anywhere that a podcast play is on, as the, as the same is for this podcast, even this is his first, his infancy stage, but his first episode will be available on all those same podcasts as well. So whatever app you use, punch in the name for the umbrella of the original politics show is the Urban Breakdown, which covers multiple shows, such as He Said, She Said, Politics, Black Man's Perspective, and 360 Degrees, as well as Mercer's Offshoot is on its own umbrella under Mercer's Politics. M-E-R-C-E-R-S, Politrix, P-O-L-I-T-R-I-C-K-S. You put that in your search engine on your favorite podcast app, and boom, you subscribe. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. All right. And that's that. All right. Be well and take care. All right. And don't forget, don't throw away your vote. And call into these representatives and senators and all that and get in their ass. They ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Tell them stop taking the NRA money and stop bullshitting. <laughs> exactly. All right.